say it's Christmas because it's right. that extra special family. It's that extra special time. It's that time that everybody stops, cuts out of their day, cuts out of their life. It says, this is when we're going to get together and fellowship and be and celebrate. And I love it. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Before we get to the episode, let me tell you about GrowNutTrees.com. So I forage local chestnuts here in Northeast Kansas. I sell them as untreated seeds that can be planted, and I still have lots of seeds left. I also have one-year seedlings, which are 10 to 18 inches tall, and these are adapted to Northeast Kansas. One of the challenges with chestnuts, if they come from the Pacific Northwest or the Northeast, they just don't do well in Kansas. So these are adapted to Northeast Kansas and to the Midwest. And now, elderberry cuttings and comfrey crowns and root cuttings are now available. With elderberry cuttings, it's basically you take a stick, you poke it into the ground, put some mulch around it, and it'll grow elderberry right there. That's at GrowNotTrees.com. Welcome back to Thrive in the Future. It's the most wonderful time of the year, the Christmas and holiday season. So in this episode, I'm joined by recent guests as we talk about their favorite Christmas and their holiday stories. Storytelling is important. As we learned back in episode 34, you build cultural capital through stories, songs, and rituals, and traditions. And let's face it, our kids are chronically challenged with their sense of identity, where they fit in in the world, and their sense of place. So how do we handle this? Some people have said that we're in a new age where kids will appreciate experiences rather than things. So when you look back at the Christmases that you've had, Do you remember what you got that year, or do you remember the sense of place? Do you remember what it felt like? Do you remember the snow? For me, as a child in the late 70s in Iowa, it was the global cooling, and there was snow on the ground from November all the way to March. The rivers froze, the lakes froze, there were snowmobile tracks along the roads, and you could snowmobile out on the lake and the river all the way through the wintertime. So most of my holiday memories from growing up have snow in them. So as you go along, ask yourself, what did my Christmas look like? What does the perfect Christmas look like in your memories? And share the things that are important to you. Get out of the bubble with your kids. Take them where you grew up. Show them things. One of my greatest memories is Union Station, downtown Kansas City, is all decked out for Christmas. And even though that's an adult memory, it really stands out. There's a a huge room with a model railroad decked out for Christmas. I mean, absolutely huge. Every possible model railroad cityscape that you can imagine. So remember, you're building culture whether you know it or not. So what does Christmas look like to you? Let's dive into some of the stories from some of our recent guests. I would say it's Christmas because it's that extra special family. It's that extra special time. Like I said, I love hosting. I love getting together with family and that fellowship that you have and the fellowship you're supposed to have. It's that time that everybody stops, cuts out of their day, cuts out of their life. It says, this is when we're going to get together and fellowship and be and celebrate. And I love it. I don't know if I have a particularly favorite holiday experience, but it would have to be my favorite experience is just being with family, if not family, with friends, with anybody, and just enjoying that moment. 
there's really nothing specific about it. It's just being there and sharing the love and sharing the time with them. So Matt, what's your favorite personal Christmas holiday story? All right. So when I was maybe like seven years old or something like that, so like mid to late 90s, my family would go down to my mom's parents' house on the farm, and they used to do these competitions at Christmas time every year. And it would be like, make your own Christmas-themed shirt. Really? And then they would like vote to like which one was the best. Hmm. And then Christmas-themed socks was another year, and pants and hats, blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. Right. And then one year was best Christmas themed tie and eating and this and that come together to present their Christmas themed tie. And I remember my grandpa walking into the room and he just had a like Christmas tree branch with a rope tied around his neck. Like that was his Christmas themed <laughs> tie. And I just, I just love that. We actually had like, they went so far as to make like a little plaque, like go down to like the trophy shop or whatever, and like the sure. year, what it was and who won like in brass. And it was, it was a lot of fun. It made it very, like, it wasn't just like get together for dinner, second dinner, presents, plays, couple games and go home. Like it made it, it made it a lot more fun. I, I wish. Right wish they kept doing that but i think they just ran out of stuff to do but i guess you could you could do it on repeat but i remember that pretty pretty vividly and that was that was a fun memory so did you make the tie or the shirt or did you or was it like buy a the ugliest christmas sweater type thing this was before ugly christmas sweaters uh -huh. I, what people would do is that you could buy like a blank t-shirt okay. and then like decorate it like like hang a bunch of ornaments yeah. from it or you remember those uh awful like gel pens that yeah. uh a lot of people did that as well they would gel pen shirts and socks and hats and yep they, it, like you know 90 stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so I, I made shirts out of those gel pens yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> yep so uh yeah that was that was fun that was a good time Next, I talked with my daughter, Melody, and her husband, Eric. You will remember them from the Home Birth on the Homestead episode. So, Eric, what was Christmas like growing up? I, I really enjoyed Christmas, but it was always kind of panicky for our family. Really? Why? Because everybody procrastinated. So, my parents might have bought a couple of gifts beforehand, but I remember there's several, many years where we went out shopping on December 24th. Really? <laughs> for Christmas presents. Yes, yes. So... I would go with dad to go shopping, and then Anjali would go with my mom to go shopping. And so we'd separate, separate, so we'd buying for the other pair. Then we'd come home, probably like two or three, wrap all the gifts in separate bedrooms. And so all the Christmas presents would be underneath the tree, like by 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. So presents hardly ever stayed underneath the tree. Then we went to Christmas Eve service, and then we came home, and it was always, you get to open one present, Right. On Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, okay? Okay. But me and my sister would tell each other which was the crummy present that we got for each other. Oh, you'd, you'd hint? <laughs> yes. So we both would open up the crummy present, like socks or some clothing or whatever, <laughs> and my parents would feel bad that we opened up a crummy present on Christmas Eve, and by the end of the night, 
we've opened all the presents. Oh, really? <laughs> so presents stayed wrapped for maybe three, four hours huh. underneath our tree. So I have zero patience for for gifts, waiting to get gifts, because, you know, Christmas is only like six hours. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They never figured out that we were telling each other which present was a bad present. So then it became a family tradition to open all the gifts on Christmas Eve. Parents loved it because they didn't have to wake up early for us. Because huh. we were already up playing with the gifts that we opened the night before. Tricking the parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he brought when when he brought that to our house, <laughs> I was like, no, I don't go out <laughs> on Christmas Eve. That's crazy. <laughs> we're doing it, Mike. We're doing it our way. <laughs> I still think it's fun to go out right before Christmas, watch everybody panicking, trying to find last night gifts. Oh my gifts. gosh. Well, it's, it's just, just like fun. Black Friday. No, I don't do that anymore. It's just crazy. People are psychotic. <laughs> yeah, I heard a lot of people said that Black Friday was not that big of a deal this year. Oh. Because people are buying so much online. They oh. were surprised that it wasn't very busy at the stores. Oh, really? As crazy busy, right? It was like like an average day busy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. because yeah, well, Amazon did their extra nice. Prime Day and did all that jazz. Yeah, exactly. That's good to yeah, know the holiday season starts in January or July or whatever now. It doesn't really, the shopping's not the same. I save money by buying gift cards, one, a pay period starting in January, February. And then you don't nice. go into debt when the holidays come. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't have to spend anything on Christmas. I mean, going into debt. Right. So what's your favorite thing about Christmas, Melody? Uh, well, I mean, of course, the presents. <laughs> But I don't. I'm. I'm getting to where the older I'm getting, the less I enjoy the shopping. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so much. Plus, you're well. I'm no longer a kid, so I'm the one who's spending money, and I'm just like, oh, that's a lot of money. We're <laughs> spending a lot of money. Huh. <laughs> so, what's your favorite tradition that you've started in your marriage for Christmas? Um. Let's see. Well, Eric does really good cooking. Like he, he's the cook. He makes a lot of amazing food, which now has made me really enjoy Thanksgiving. I think Thanksgiving is now my favorite holiday. Yeah, and everything is bacon-based, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanksgiving, everything has to have bacon or cream cheese in it. Yeah, much. so your mom your mom can't eat any of that. <laughs> she won't eat pork. Huh. But anyway, now when it comes to Christmas, is that, like, Eric cooks, so he makes really amazing food. No, one of the things that we started also is, like, the games, like, playing games. Like, either we make up games or we, right. yeah. if we get new card games, that kind of stuff, we play yeah. games on Christmas. That's always been fun. I, I still remember that super fight oh my God. game yeah, super fight. And, and, and trying to uh, argue why your superhero would win. Right. And then, yeah, that was just – and then the hyper – the hyper competitive nature of it was just unbelievable. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Oh I love gosh. anything where it takes arguing is the base of the game. Like yeah. it's so much fun, and I think it's it's fun around the holidays because usually people get in dumb fights anyway. Uh-huh. So why not just laugh and have fun with it by Ooh. playing a game where you're supposed to fight? Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like uh, you you and your dad were going to come to blows at some point in there, right? Yeah. We, but you're still kind of smirking at each other while you're doing it. Right. Right. Did we get pick your poison by that time or is that? No, we have not had pick our oh poison pick as poison a holiday game just yet. We did at the marriage group last year around Christmas time. But okay. Pick your poison is another good uh-huh. argumentative game where it's oh. a, would you rather do this or this? So rather, would you rather have your nose be upside down for the rest of your life right. or have to walk sideways for the rest oh, of your okay. life? 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. again, and fun way of arguing which one's the worst scenario to get people to yeah. vote on the worst one. Yeah, Malachi likes Oregon Trail. Our oh. game. Oh yeah, Oregon Trail, where everybody dies of dysentery. Yeah. You died of dysentery. Ha 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 ha. I don't think we've ever made it at the end. <laughs> no. Playing the standard game. I don't think anybody did. Is it does anybody even I live think in we Oregon? Almost made it. <laughs> they 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 went around the other way. <laughs> but yeah, the playing the games, having fun, that kind of stuff. It's always been a fun family tradition. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, in the depression, my dad, Melody, your grandpa. They didn't have Christmas and even put a tree out until Christmas Eve. Yeah. So it was like the olden, 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 olden days where that's where the 12 days of Christmas would come. You would have Advent and then you wouldn't put any of that out until Christmas Eve and Santa brought the tree too. And then all the stuff was set up and, and there were no lights or anything before Christmas. And then you'd have the basic 12 days of Christmas. Wow. Hmm. That's a lot of work on parents. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't have the fun. super hyper commercialized. Yeah. Thing. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Did you do the Santa thing? No, my parents, he was the Christmas clown is how my parents would describe Christmas him. Christmas clown. Yes, they called him the Christmas clown huh. and describe what other people believe about him and what, what why he's important because he does try to bring joy, uh-huh. but he was just the Christmas clown. So Interesting. They, they did that so that we wouldn't straight this ruin it for other kids and right. be like, Santa's not real. Oh, right, like how Malachi did. No, we did that too. Yeah. Remember, you did that to the neighbors down the street. So um, the your mom was... Uh, <laughs> She was doing daycare for the kids down the street. But anyway, so they were over there. They were getting all excited. And then you and your mom told them that Santa didn't exist. And and their their mom was about to kill us. Oh, my gosh. But Malachi didn't think about it. I didn't even think about telling, making sure Malachi was aware of that. Yeah. Who did he ruin? Oh, he ruined Brecken, Brecken, his friend at, at church. And, of course... Her Mike mom, just yeah, Mike and Laura's like, oh, we thought we had a few more years left. Yep, her mom was like, she called, she messaged me, she was like, so Malachi told Brecken that Santa's not real, and now my heart is broken because <laughs> we can't do that anymore. But at some point, your kids are going to figure it out. Yeah, and like, dude, I don't know, I just, I've never really wanted to deal with trying to explain that. Plus. I want to get the credit for the good gifts. I'm not going to give it to some right. imaginary person. The Christmas clown. Exactly. Right. He's, he doesn't get the credit for, you know, <laughs> the expensive items or all that kind of stuff. Like, that was mom and dad. Uh-huh. So yeah. I completely understand why my parents did it because they wanted credit. I really appreciate that we didn't get raised with the whole Santa Claus thing is because, I mean, of course, being a Christian, I'm seeing how it's taking over the, secu- the secular world. And how they basically put Santa Claus in the place of Christ. Mm. And I don't, of course, I don't agree with it. But then, of course, seeing how Eric was raised with it is really helpful. Because then I'm not, like, all anti-Santa Claus. Because <laughs> he, yeah, he was real. But, he, he brought joy. But the thing is, is that I appreciate it mostly because um, of what Eric brought up. Is that really, when it comes down to it, what Christmas is about is sharing that love <clears throat> enjoy with each other so did you uh oh yeah your your kids are pretty young so you're not teaching them um, about santa or whatever yet my son knows about santa i don't think we told them the story like he comes down the chimney at night and you know leaves presents and i don't don't know I'm, i'm very torn between telling him the truth and letting him have fun believing in santa claus sure 
I don't know. There's they're only kids and yeah. I don't know what what is it you do with your kids or did? Oh yeah, yeah. Because you're a grandpa. Yeah. So when I was in second grade, we had this amazing Christmas where I got all this stuff and this dude dressed as Santa came over and uh, spoke my name and I was like, hey, Santa knows who I really am, right? And then next year we had some problems in our family and then my uh, uh, I didn't get any presents that year. Oh, no. At all. And I got like one present from an aunt or something like that. But nobody said, nobody said, hey, this is what's going on. We are having problems in our family. Dad doesn't have a job, whatever. And then I'm like, Santa didn't bring me anything. I still believed in Santa. I didn't even get a lump of coal. So I must be really bad. (laughs) Just straight up forgotten. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Nobody really thought about it, and it was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm scarred for life. And, <laughs> you know. On the naughty list forever. Yeah, so we, we didn't really teach our kids about Santa or whatever. I mean, you know, they knew sure. who Santa was, but, you know, we didn't really uh, do the whole Santa thing. So it's been a tough year. With the economy, 2023 may be even tougher. So make a difference this Christmas. Maybe we should get back to acting like the original St. Nicholas and Myra. He gave silver and gold and food to the poor kids and families. One time during a famine, he gave gold to a father who was about to sell his daughters into prostitution because otherwise they couldn't eat and he didn't have money for a dowry. Now that's more hard-hitting than leaving sweets in a kid's stocking like we've heard about the original St. Nick. So I'm not talking about being like the managerial class people at corporate who do the angel tree and they buy a bunch of gifts for the poor kids that they'll never meet. Find out the real needs of people. Surely you have someone you know who is hurting. Maybe this year helping them is more important than getting some gift from Amazon that you didn't need and you don't really want. Give experiences rather than things. Very few people remember what they got for Christmas last year, let alone five years ago, but they remember the experience, the time, and the place. Create that time and place and experience for the people in your family. Like Eric said, they play games. And they'll remember that probably more than they will every at least every present that they got. And remember what we said at the beginning. You are building cultural capital, whether you know it or not. Make the most to thrive during the holiday season. Merry Christmas from Thrive in the Future, and have a great holiday. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, click that subscribe or follow button in your favorite podcast app. Check us out at thriveinthefuture.com and also follow us on social media at thriveinthefuture on Twitter and at thriveinthefuture on Instagram. And come and join our Telegram community by going to signup.thrivingthefuture.com. There's entry form there. It will send you an email with the Telegram community link. Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast. Coming up on Thrive in the Future, we have an unpublished episode from May of 2022 where Perpin and I give a postmortem rundown of what we learned from a tour of the Watkins Mill in Missouri. We have a new affiliate, the Smith Homestead. They have handmade soap and candles, handcrafted items. Perpin and I like the alpaca wool caps, hand knitted by Homestead Padre himself, and lots more. If you use Thriving as a coupon code at checkout, 
you get 10% off. That's the Smith Homestead. It's smith-homestead.com. So if you found value in our content, then show that value for value. There's a new tab on the website, value for value. Go and shoot Thrive in the Future, a gift on that tab in either Venmo or Cash App. You make a difference. Thank you.